Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness, tranquility descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with him. Some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz Amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and intimate manner makes them relatable. So without further ado, let's begin. Again, this journey. And then in the path of Iman Amal, whatever problems comes, whatever happened to you, you must do sabr, full patience. These two things are there. And Iman and Islam, they basically are obedience of your Lord with the tongue, with the heart, and with the body, properly. That Iman Islam means. And also made very clear, since Iman Islam has been changed or replaced by Aqeedah, everything is corrupted. Quran and Sunnah are teaching you to believe, to act, to act and to move, to, to work hard, to have sabr and patience. And now people of Aqidah are teaching us, if you are born as a Muslim, if you belong to a certain community, if you are Salafi or if you are this and that, you are salvated. This salvation of the Aqidah, the salvation of belonging, the salvation connected with the identity that never has come in the Quran Sunnah. All the problem, all, all the promises are with being Abarar, with being a, you know, a Mu'min and with being Muslim. And this really created so many confusion all the time and people have been fighting for this identity so much. Uh, and I remember clearly that you know, many, many non-Muslims, you know, they, they realize this contradiction of our, our teaching. So they, they make you know, mockery of that. Because it's so easy, just, just uh, you belong to a community, you say certain words, now you are salvated. You are born in a Muslim family doing nothing and you are salvated. You know, it does not make any sense to anybody. So I remember clearly one of the debates happened in India. In the, the British time, one, there was one Hindu movement, uh, they called it Arya Samaj. Arya, the Arya Samaj people, they basically a new movement, reform movement uh, among, among Hindu people. And they used to have a lot of debates with Christians and also with Muslims, many, many debates. So there was one debate between this one of the men of Arya Samaj and between a Muslim Maulana Alim, a Maulavi. And uh, you know, at the end of the debate, this Maulavi Alim, he somehow made the argument very, very strongly that all the people of Arya Samaj, Hindus, they will go to the fire of hell. Because they worship idols, they, you know, they have shirk, they have association, they will go to the fire of hell. Only people who are Muslim, they will go to paradise. You know, he made a very, very... Then this man of Arya Samaj, he was a very clever person. He said to him, in front of all the people, there isn't there hadith in Sahih Bukhari, where the Prophet said, Man qala la ilaha illallah, dakhla jannah. Whoever said la ilaha illallah, he will enter to paradise. 
this Muslim preacher, he said, yeah, there is hadith in, in Bukhari. So he said, is this Sahih hadith? He said, yeah, it is Sahih Saud hadith. So he said to all the you see, you listen now, that he said, this is Sahih hadith. Then he asked, do you believe in that hadith? Do you follow that? He said, yeah, we follow that hadith. So he said to everybody, you see, they, they said, they follow the hadith. Then he said, people listen to me, I am saying, la ilaha illallah. Then you can't say, I will not go to of paradise. I am saying, la ilaha illallah, according to your book, which is sound book, it said, anybody who says, la ilaha illallah, they will go to paradise. You know, just think really. That's what it means, saying with the tongue. But we people made up this aqidah like that. It never happened in the time of the Prophet no companion, no early generation. They used to scare Abu Bakr Siddiq. After all the promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he used to so much fear that of, of akhirah. Now we people think that people are born as Muslim, and they're born in Muslim family. They say, la ilaha illa, they look to paradise. We even don't understand what la ilaha means. What saying la ilaha illa means, we never understand this thing. You know, to understand properly the promise of Allah is with your action, not with what Allah has done. You know, you are born in a Muslim family that Allah's action, he did. But now you expected to do more. You should be grateful to him. You should be obedient to him. It's not that you are born in a Muslim family, then you cheat, you, you do all the things, and there is no difference between you and unbelievers. And he will he make our promise. Think properly, this is not Islam. This is not what Iman means. This is not a deen. Deen means obedience. Islam means submission. Can you have a deen without obedience? Can you have a religion without worshipping your Lord? How it can happen? Can you have la ilaha illallah without making Allah your ma'bud? Quran said, you know, there are people who make their, their ilaha, their desires. We people do the same thing, and when the, then we say with the tongue, la ilaha illallah, we think we are believers. So Quranic promise is with abrar people. Abrar are these people. The second thing actually I, I want to make very clear, then uh, once you become bar, or obedient to your Lord, you don't make favor upon the people. No, it is Allah's favor that he made, he made you pious, he made you righteous. Now you, you should be humble. Think really that I, I don't deserve anything. Allah made me, made me to walk on the path of the believers. You know, you should thank him. And then you should make effort to teach the same thing to other people, to save other people from the fire of hell. And if they laugh at you, they do mockery upon you, then be patient, accept that. After a while, they will learn from you. Do dawah, do sabr. But you know, think if we are believer, Muslim, we are arrogant and then laugh at other people, then fight them and argument. This is not the way. The way is always sabr. And a big mistake happened for 200 years among Muslims that when their Allah commands them to do sabr, they fight. If in the time of the sabr you fight, you are going to lose. There's no way that you can win. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made time for everything. Time of the sabr means you have to prepare, big preparation, and you do what Allah wants from you, once you reach to certain stage, then he'll command you to fight. But if you do in the times of our fighting and jihad, then you don't understand the meaning of jihad. And that actually happening. Now we are in a time of to build iman, to make Islam, to do sabr. People laugh at us, we don't notice. We move on like noble, noble people. People listen to us. They will accept our religion. But if you don't do sabr, you fight them, they are not going to listen to you. When you do sabr, you basically make the person's nature, true nature to come out. He will think that this person is so nice and we laugh at him, he does not answer back. Everybody will answer what he, why he does not, does not react. After a while they will think and they will come to you, they will believe in you, believe in you. they will like to follow you. When you do sober basically, you want other person to use his mind think properly. And you have seen many times, like I, I remember there is a story, you know, somebody, somebody has mentioned that once he was, you know, passing and he spit. And the, you know, his spirit fell upon Hindu. It is a Muslim, upon Hindu. 
and you know this Muslim man he had a you know pant with a red spit basically on, on, on the face of Hindu on his clothes and this Hindu became very angry and then the Muslim said you know no doubt I, I did mistake you know this is a mistake I should not have done but you know let me you know bring water and clean yours uh, and then he went uh, then you know this Hindu man once he realized that, that you know it was it was not a mistake intentionally it is done by you know it happened by, by like that and this person is not angry and not reacting he became he became humble he said no 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 don't worry you know I'll clean myself then you know, they become friendly and then this Muslim lad and it was midnight in, in Bombay so I had to go there I didn't have any any any, any transport to go. So he took me to my place with his own car properly and you see, he spit on his face and clothes in a rear. Just a little patience, you see what happens? Just little patience. Have they have been fighting, what would happen? Bigger riot in Bombay, that all happened in India. Mistakes mostly are by Muslims and they react quickly, then riot happens and then always losses for Muslims. In the time of the sabr, if you do jihad, you lose. Simple thing like that. And we have been losing one battle after the other battle. So that kind, I remember also you know, a story, one of the great reformers of India in the beginning of the 20th century was Maulana Khaja Altaf Hussain Hali, he was alim and he was also a poet. And one of the reform he did of Urdu poetry, because Urdu poetry was in that time, I don't want to, you know, time, anyway, shall we have to finish another surah. Urdu poetry that time was the poetry of the love and ghazal and, you know, all those things that you can see. You know, Hali came to reform, that, you know, use the poetry for right purpose, to reform the poetry. So all these poets, you know, poets everywhere, they became his enemy. They hated him and they wrote against him, criticized him so heavily. Hali was coming, Hali is coming from a place in India called Panipat. Panipat, like you can say, like a gate to, to Delhi. If you come to Panipat and you win there, you must win Delhi. So Panipat is known in the Indian history for three major battles, which happened by, by the invaders and between the people who occupied Delhi. And whenever the people of Delhi defeated Panipat, then they gone. They lost their death. So Panipat basically has been known in the history for three major battles. And in each one, invaders, they have been winners. And the people of Delhi, they have been losers. And they lost. So that's why people say Panipat, you know, the field of, uh, of battlefield. And Hal is coming from there. So these poets, they don't like him to see the, what, what they say in poetry. So they said to, because, you know, Hal is not answering them. They, they, they criticize him, they laugh at him, nothing. Hal doesn't see anything. So these poets, they become proud that now we are winners. So they say, Abtar hamare hamlo se hali ka hal hai, maidane paani pat ki tarah paaymal hai. You know, our attacks on hali, they are so strong that hali has been destroyed. And he has been defeated and became, you know, meaningless like the defeat in the battlefield of paani pat. All those rulers, so he has become defeated. And, you know, these people, they kept until they became quiet. People ask hali, why don't you answer? You know, these people have been saying so much things. Eh? Why don't you answer? Why? Why? And, and still you are winning. You know, you, you are succeeding. These people, they have attacking you and, you know, they did not succeed. And you have become winner, though you did not say anything. So Hali says, Why are you asking why all my criticizers, they became quiet? Why are you asking me this question? The reason is, they said everything, but I remained quiet. That's the reason. I remained quiet, that was my, my victory. This really in this world is. Do right things and don't answer back. You will win. This is how things are. Be serious. People laugh at you. They do mockery. Be serious. Keep doing your work. One day your biggest enemy, they'll become your friend. And also think really, do believers and Muslims have time to fight people? To argue with them, to answer back? 
you know, when your every single moment is counted, you say, Subhanallah, and you get reward full of the, between earth, earth and heaven, do you have time to answer people back? Do the believers really have any time? Believers don't have time. Believers' time is so precious for every single moment. They can get paradise. They are not going to answer the people. You know, this keep really. Believers should, be, should have this dignity of the belief. That, you know, we, should, we are not going to answer people back, you know, within this time. Like, for example, a big businessman. Every single moment he makes, you know, hundreds of the pounds. You know, if you go and watch, start fighting with him, he will give you some pound. Go and don't fight me because, you know, it will waste my time. He wants to make something. He wants to build something. He is not going to fight you unnecessarily. You know, this keep in mind, really. Believers should not involve in the fighting and the poor. They should think, really, you know, I have got the you know, love of my Lord. Worry for, for, for my Lord. You know, I, I should work for that. You know, I should not waste my time. In one of, you know, modern poetry, I was reading one of the poetry, the modern poetry, you know, I think it's from Pakistan. Very nice. I, I like this. You know, I was thinking, really, this is how true is for us. So he said, Aish ka naam, Aish ka naam le na tu humse. Don't ask me to enjoy this life. Don't ask me to have, you know, enjoyment, life of the enjoyment and relaxing and ease and, you know, entertainment. Don't discuss with me about enjoyment and relaxing and, you know, entertainment. No. We don't have time. Your worry, your concern is so deep. We don't have any, any, any time left for anything. Your love and your worry of your love, you know, this thing, the grief of your love, pain of your love, it is so deep in our heart, we don't have any time for anything else. Since we have seen you, since we have seen your beauty, since we have seen your glory, then my eye does not fall on anything. We don't want anything. No, no relaxation, no entertainment, no enjoyment has any meaning since we have got you. You know, you got Allah Taala. You got his love. You pray to him. You mention his name. After that, you want to use the same time to abuse people, to answer them back. Do you have time for that? It's really very nice. I love. I love this. Aish ka naam le na tu hamse. You know, people don't know Urdu. It is different, difficult to explain how nice it is. Aish ka naam le na tu hamse. Hamko fursat kahan tere hamse. Don't mention the name of enjoyment and luxury life with me. Hamko fursat kahan tere hamse. We don't have time. We don't have time, any time left. Amazing theory. Since we have got you, we have known you, we don't want anything. You know, that's how believers should be. Believers should think really that you know, once we have got a you know, name of Allah, you know, Amal, we don't have time for, to, to, for anything else. So the success actually lies in these two matters. People must believe, people must surrender to him, people must love him, people must obey him. And whatever difficulty comes, be patient. You know, so whenever you want something good, you know, no doubt in time will come. When you have to, you know, you have to do sabr. That somebody said, Man ala hajatin biha. If anybody remains firm and sabr, he gets. If you love Allah then people mock, do mockery, whatever. Don't worry. You just keep in your path, you'll get him. You get Allah You are looking for something precious. So why are you interested in small things? Like a number of somebody publishes a story that somebody from in, in India, in, in Delhi, he was going for an interview, you know, to get a job with his friend in the morning. And in the, on the rickshaw, passing by a street, and children are playing. The children, and as they do, you know, they laughed at these, these people and maybe they throw some stone. So one person said, the person said next to him, he jumped from the rickshaw, he wanted to punish, uh, you know, uh, and hit uh, the children. 
So this person said, no, 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 don't have to come, come back. You know, I'm going for interview. Do we have time for these things? We don't have time. Let's go. You know, let them laugh and do mockery water. We don't have time for this thing. That's what believers should be. People will do everything, but tell to yourself, do we have time for anything? We don't have time. You know, people, other people have time, but we don't have time. Our time much, much precious. That Quran which praises these people. That, you know, وَإِذَا إِنَّ الَّذِينَ أَجْرَمُوا كَانُوا مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا يَتَحَكُونَ وَإِذَا مَرُّوا بِهِمْ يَتَغَامَزُونَ وَإِذَا انقلبوا إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِمْ انقلبوا فَكِهِينَ وَإِذَا رَاوْهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّ هَاؤُلَاءَ لَضَالُّونَ وَمَا أُرْسِلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ حَافِظِينَ Then Quran says, فَلْيَوْمَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ يَدْحَكُونَ You know, just little sacrifice really. For 40, 50 years, be patient. Let people laugh at you. Let people criticize you for 40, 50 years of your life. You die, they die, you come to the day of judgment, you to your Lord, and things different, change. Now it's so much respect from Allah Taala. pure wine, sitting, looking at his face, you know, meeting with angels and all those things and sitting on the nice places, no grief, no pain. And then Quran says, Today, unbelievers will be laughing at unbelievers. That's the real laugh really. In this world, if you laugh at the people, there is a big chance that one day they will laugh at you. It happens. If you laugh at the people, they laugh at you. But in that world, if you laugh at them, they have no chance to laugh back upon you. They don't have any courage. They, don't, they are not given chance. They have, it has been taken away from them. They don't have any power. Now, now they will laugh. Now believers will laugh. They don't laugh now. Do sober. If you want to laugh now, you can't laugh there. Here, people laugh at you. You pass like... Quran said, They pass like noble people. People laugh, they don't care. Be noble. Don't, you know, don't take any notice. And sitting on the nice and comfortable sofa, looking, seeing, you know, Allah, seeing these people in, in far off hell. So from there, you know, the eye of believers will be very sharp. They're, sit, they're sitting a million miles away from far off hell, but they still can see them. They're sitting there on sofa, laughing at them. They can see any unbeliever they want to know, from there they can see. Oh, this was my neighbor, whenever my wife used to put on a scarf and this and that, he used to laugh and mockery and this and that. When she passed, where is he now? And then he can see, he's there. And then he'll laugh, you see, what happened? There. From there, they'll be looking, young Guru. This Nawar actually has been repeating this, this surah twice, but very nice context. First, with the favor of Allah, because favors only can be noticed when you have eye to seeing. Second time is laughing at unbeliever. You only can laugh if you can see their condition. You see their condition, how worse their condition is. Then the fire of burning, and they have nothing to eat and drink except in the blood and all dirty things. Now you can laugh at them. Now you see them and laugh. And then Quran says, Hal tuwebal kuffar ma yafalun. Have unbelievers been rewarded back, paid back for what they have been doing? Have been just remember these verses are revealed in Makkah al Mukarrama. When it is read by the Prophet to unbelievers, what would have been thinking? They have nothing to do. They are so powerful verses. And they are really such a nice consolement for, for believers. That in Makkah al-Mukarramah, people do mockery, laugh at you, don't care. Tell me really, do we follow these verses? Do we really follow? Do really people think in this world? In this world, everybody knows. If any stupid person writes a book 
and criticize a little bit about the Prophet next day 10-20 Muslims will be killed in the streets of Karachi, Islamabad, Delhi, Lucknow and also there will be big march and protests in London. Everybody expects that. We never learn that there is a need for sabr. Arrogance. If people criticize the Prophet you, you protest like that, arrogance. You know why you are doing? It, you are not doing for the Prophet you are doing for yourself because you think really by doing this it is my insult. You don't want to accept the insult. You are not thinking about the Prophet because me, uh, me myself, we ourselves, we keep insulting him all the day in our houses. We don't care about the Prophet We are hypocrite people. The Prophet is hurt more by us than by unbelievers. We keep breaking his commands, his sunnah. We keep mockery. We bring in the house those dirty things which he hated. Every house of the believer has got big TV, internet, and using, misusing every single thing. We don't care. And somebody writes a book against the Prophet we come in the street. Why? Do we love the Prophet No. Because we think it is insult to us. We are fighting for ourselves. Same people when they criticize Allah, we don't do anything. Tell me who is bigger, Allah or the Prophet? Who is bigger? They criticize Allah and we don't do anything. They criticize the Prophet we become angry. If they criticize Musa nothing happened. Isn't Musa a Prophet, a messenger? They criticize Ibrahim nothing happened. When they criticize Muhammad why? Because we are, we are, we belong to him and belong is our Iman. That's what we believe. And once belonging is hurt, then we feel, you know, big thing. See what you can see. If I'm coming from Deoband, you criticize Prophet Muhammad, I don't mind. You criticize Imam Shafi, I don't mind. You criticize Imam Malik, I don't mind. You criticize Abdul Qadir, I don't mind. But you criticize Deoband, then I'll become angry. It is a big thing for me. Why? It's arrogance. Because if you, when you criticize Deoband, you're criticizing me then. I belong to Deoband. Allah does not like that. Understand this properly really. Allah never likes people to become like, like that. Muslims must do sabr. If people criticize your Prophet do sabr, write a nice book, you know, explain how the Prophet was and go to that person, invite him to a nice restaurant, give him food, give him some gift and become friendly with him. One day he will listen to you. Simple thing like that. But if you protest and keep doing marches, this keep happening. Actually, this is a cheap way for many people to become famous. This writer in Bangladesh, nobody knew her. But she wrote some stupid book and Muslims march and protest, she became famous. It is a cheap way, cheaper way. Even this man, Salman Rushdie, people say really, you know, his, his book, in, from the point, literary point of view, it's not a very good book. But because Muslims hated him, Muslims protested and gave fatwa, it became popular. He made money. That's why, that's why uh, if Muslims have become like Hali, Hali became quiet, he won the battle. Hali's way was, his, his uh, opponents, they criticized him, he's quiet. They came, every single thing. Who won? Won. Hali won. How was the winner? The, uh, the Urdu poetry has been reformed. Hali made a big contribution. And all the people who have been making uh, all the noise against him, they gone. We, we don't know their names even. And Hali became famous. This is the only way in the world, really. If you want to win, be patient, sabr. And always remember, in the time of the sabr, jihad is forbidden. As when the time jihad comes, then you have to do jihad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made things moving from one stage to other stage. If the time of the, like for example, you know, Quran mentioned, do udu and prayer. When you, when you stand for the, for the prayer, what do you do? Udu. Tell me if you do prayer before udu, is it going to be accepted? No. You have to do udu, then the salah. You say, no, Quran said two things and I do both things. I do salah first, then udu. Neither udu is accepted, 
Now prayer is accepted. You have to do wudu, then salah, then both are accepted. Then for every single, for wudu, whatever you do, your sins are forgiven. You walk to the mosque, your sins are forgiven. You pray, your sins are forgiven. You become near to your Lord. But if you do salah before the wudu, it's mockery. It's not going to be accepted. We people do jihad before the sabr. It's not going to be accepted. It never can work anyway. In no tradition, even this, in this world. If you really want to do, for example, if somebody employs you, and your, your boss, or anybody, colleague in, in, in your workplace, they comment upon you, are, what are you going to do? Are you going to fight? You fight, you lose the job. But you don't do this. You become, you do suffer there. Actually, many ulama who teach the people go and do march, you know, in London and, you know, protest and all those things, ask them in their personal life. Many of them are imams. And imams, how badly they're treated in the mosque. Everybody laughs at them, mockery, everybody misuses them, or what they do? Do they protest there? No imam ever protests during their job in the mosque. No. Because they want to get, reach up to certain level. So for three, four, five years, whatever, they have to be sabr. They do sabr. They do Same people who do sabr in their personal life because they know that only way for success is sabr. They teach Muslims wrong thing. In the, your individual life, in your personal life, your social life, the key thing is do sabr. If you don't do sabr, you get nothing. So that actually main message of this surah, understand, if you want to get place in Aliyin, very high place, in this world, accept to be, uh, to, to accept to, you know, if people laugh at you, to bear that. If you accept to be lower, in, then you'll be on the top. But if you cannot accept that, you cannot have sabr, you cannot get that place. Now we'll move to next surah, inshallah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إذا السماء شقت وآذنت لربها وحقت وإذا الأرض مدت وألقت ما فيها وتخلت وآذنت لربها وحقت This surah is also somehow connected with the previous surah. In the previous surah you have seen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning that the people who are sinners their book is they have, their record is there and the record is put in sijin and the people who are righteous they, are, they have also got their book as the record, which is in very high place. In this, it has been made more clear that the people who are righteous, their book will be given to them, delivered to them in the right hand. The people who are sinners, their book will be given to them in their left hand, which they take from the, from the back. Even they, no angel will come in the front. Basically, it what seems more likely is that the sinners, their hands will be tied in like that. To their hands, because they are not... And then our angel will come from the back and give the, the book from the back into even angels don't like to see their face. Their face will be so ugly, so frightening, they don't want to come from their face. From back, just book will be put in their left hand and they leave. So the, these details are coming in this surah. The Quran is saying, When the sky will split. You know, before that, the Quran has mentioned, I mentioned earlier before. That in fatar and shakak in Arabic language means like a split, uh, and, and somehow people have made a little difference. In fatar comes when the whole system is broken. You know, this order, complete disorder. In shakak comes to emphasize one thing about that disorder that, you know, the sky is broken and there have been waves and gates, people going, but not necessarily, Quran is not emphasizing all this disorder and destruction that happening everywhere. Just 
you know, focusing on one. It's shakak, basically, like, you know, something splits. So the sky will split, and they'll become, you know, all doors and gates. Quran says, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the sky will become gates and doors. So that's the sense here. It's the sama un shakat. When the sky, it will split. وَآذِنَتْ لَرَبِّهَا وَحُقَّتْ You know, think the Quran wants to say, when such a huge thing, sky, which we never can imagine really, we never can, you know, find its beginning or end, how huge the sky is, when it will split, or it will be broken, the whole system will be broken, what do you need for that? You know, tell me if there is a mountain to break it down, make it pieces, what do you need? You know, big energy, big, you know, things, there's you know, so many things, that people, all the industries will come, they will advise you, all the machines will come, then you have to break. If any, like if you want to, you know, demolish a house, you need to do something. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences, such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology, as well as Islamic history, female scholarship, and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.com. TV. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of people like yourself.